Bank Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Coming at you live from DNHQ in beautiful South Pasadena, California. This is Blue Heaven Podcast. You are now home with Dodgers Nation and Jim Beam. Please drink responsibly. We're clapping hands. We're excited. We're also kind of sad. You know, there's news. This thing's happening. But I'm happy because I got the legendary DMAC underscore LA over there. I'm real FRG on Twitter and Instagram. Doug. Welcome back. You're in. You're back in the zone. I know you had a loving family vacation over the weekend. What? Let's talk. Let's talk Dodger baseball. Cody's on the board over there. More on Cody in a bit. Bellinger. A successful road trip. Dodgers running away with this division. Excited to talk some Dodger baseball. Got some bad news to dive into, but lots to get into. I mean, you got lots to be feel yeah. good about if you're a Dodger fan right now, but. Not everything has been figured out before this postseason run. I think in seasons past, Clint, really, we kind of knew where we were at this stage. Lots of things could happen at this point. Yeah, I mean, we feel pretty confident about them going to the postseason. Feel pretty confident about uh, where a lot of guys are are heading, but there are some things we're going to talk about in three up, three down. That is coming up uh, a little bit later in the show. We do have to talk about the breaking news. Yes, there's TJ coming up for the Catman. Tony Gonsolin will undergo the knife. Will have season ending and potentially 2024 ending Tommy John surgery on September 1st. There's also just overall pitcher stuff is what I'm going to call it. And uh, Scott Boris spoke on behalf of Cody Bellinger. And uh, Cody said some interesting things uh, to our friend of the show, Bob Nightingale of USA Today. Before we talk about all that, I got to remind you again, you guys are doing great at subscribing. That means so damn much to us. If you do subscribe, get us a 70,000 subscribers. We're giving away a Mookie Betts jersey. It's real. It's got the 50 on the front, 50 on the back. I hear that guy's pretty good. Might be the National League MVP this year. I'm just saying, throwing it out there. So, and then we know a lot of you watch the show. And aren't subscribed. If you wa- if you just subscribe, it's going to be the same thing. And uh, you know what helps us out in the algorithms? Get us that boost. Do it for Buddy. He's over in the back. He's having a day. He's feeling good. Noel's not here, so he's stepping up and really locking himself in for justice here in this office. So again, subscribe. Seventy thousand subscribers, and if we get there. The sooner we get there, we could give away maybe like 87 jerseys or maybe two. We'll figure it out. But uh, yeah, let's dive into the show. The breaking news: Tommy John. Set for Tony Gonsolin, the Catman, likely out for all of 2024. September 1st, undergoes a knife. Dr. Neil Ella Trash, that's the guy you want to go to. Doug, give us some uh, immediate reactions here. It's unfortunate. It felt like it was a formality. We knew it was coming. Now, the only important thing is him getting healthy, him crushing that rehab and getting back out there on the mountain. Yeah, like we talked about in the last few episodes, it really was commendable when you looked at the Dodgers situation where they were dealing with so many injuries. They needed someone to take the ball and eat innings. And unfortunately, I think you have to talk about the split change. And when your best pitch is a pitch that really takes its toll on your arm, it feels like this is inevitable. Like the GM of the Oakland A's, Brad Pitt, likes to say, there's two types of pitchers. There's pitchers that have had Tommy John and pitchers that are going to have Tommy John. And it was coming. in the velo revolution that we're in, it's just a part of the game. It's <clears throat> unfortunate. And I think this year 
kind of one of the other factors that I've been monitoring this entire season is, look, when you have the incentives that he had in his contract, he made himself an extra uh, $2 million with how many games he's pitched. So, yeah, he was trying to get out there to make himself a bag to help his team win, but for him to be effective, we need to see a 95, 96-mile-per-hour fastball occasionally. Mm -hmm. He's a guy that really can have diminished stuff and go out there and help his team win. So, yeah, it's going to be a long process, but I think, like you mentioned, Dr. Neil Elitrach, he's the best in the business, and if anyone can get him back on the mound, it's going to be him. And I think he still could be an asset for this team. I said in the last show, it almost feels like when you look at the talent coming out, the Sheehan's, the Groves, even the Gavin Stones, who has looked a lot better, Bobby Miller, it does feel like he could be a guy that's almost a raw stripling where he's solid, but does he have a role for this team? Do you look to trade him and maybe even opportunity for another team that needs pitching? Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to focus a little bit on on the Gonsolin situation because we we know we've we've heard about it for honestly most of the season. Like he's not bouncing back well. Something isn't right. Dave Roberts had talked off and on about it. They've been as they usually do, real close to the vest, you know, kind of gatekeepery about their their uh, news and notes. I mean, essentially, you assume they knew this yesterday in Boston. Uh, but they're like, uh, you know, Dave, just Dave did Dave things. He's not going to really throw the news out there for some reason. I guess they wanted to save it for today at home. But um, you wonder, like, you know, how bad was this injury? Uh, how much could it have hurt him more for the future? Like, did he hurt himself more trying to pitch through this? Or did he know, like, were they being, like, you know, cool about the idea of getting him to the, that 20-start mark, get him that money, knowing that next year is kind of a wash. So there's some questions. I'm sure we're going to get some answers out of it. Not very many. The Dodgers don't give out that much information. But um, either way, I mean, we like Tony. Tony's a good, a good, uh, is uh, good option. He's a good dude, and it's just it's a tough situation for him. But you hope that they're nipping this in the bud at the right time, and he can come back 2025 and be stronger than ever. Because we've seen this guy for the greater part of his career be dominant. This year was not so much and it became pretty damn off or obvious that there was something wrong with the Catman. Exactly, Clinton. Last year we saw when Walker Buehler was out there on the mound. The velo was down. The command was down. It's not just the velo. It's also the velo plus the command. And you saw him struggle in both those departments. And I think for Tony Gonsolin, he's someone that he realizes the process of, okay, I'm someone who was a converted outfielder. I'm someone that really has realized the dream of being a big league all-star. And look, the reality, Clint, is he's not a bad pitcher. He's a pitcher that was pitching through an injury. And at full strength, I still think he's a number four or number five starter in Major League Baseball. And guess what, kids at home? That is accomplishment. That yeah. is the dream. That is exceeding expectation. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, for people to say he's trash, he's this and that. Look, I mean, he's someone, he's going to go to the vet. His nine lives are up, and he's got to fix that arm and get back to it. And I think the cat daddy is going to be just fine. I think for this year, for this team, it's really interesting. I think you mentioned, I want to kind of circle back to what you said about did he hurt his arm? Now, Dave was pretty adamant. I was at that game in the press conference, and he said, look, the reason why we kept giving the ball and running him out there is we felt like it would not increase the the risk of injury would not further damage his arm and you would have to believe that they probably knew that going in but also felt like look if i'm a pitcher out there and you look at the state of major league baseball it almost feels like an inevitability so might as well go out there until the wheels fall off because it's not like he was in line for another contract right he just signed that yeah. that extension he's still under team control for multiple seasons i don't think i see there's a narrative out there saying oh the dodgers they should have traded tony gonsolin right well look here's the thing this Dodgers organization 
they're in the business of making trades. Part of their model for success is developing prospects, not only to use them as key contributors, but also as trade chips. Yep. And you don't want to sell off those damaged goods, right? You don't want to sell that car that's a lemon, right? And have it come back to you. So I think for them in this situation, they realize this probably was something. And look, if anything, this organization, they've shown patience. They yeah. know the deal. Dustin May, Walker Bueller. I mean, there's so many examples that, hey, we can get you back on track. It's just only a matter of time. But it's just unfortunate because he just can't stay out there on the mound. Maybe yeah. this will be the final thing where he's still pretty young, where if he comes back, he can still have three, four solid years and still yeah. make a career out of this. He still has an opportunity to go out there and get himself his next big contract, uh, the, the final big contract maybe of his year but uh, or of his career. But he has that opportunity. You mentioned uh, the Dodgers kind of knowing something. I think in hindsight, we could look at the structure of that contract he signed or, or the contract they agreed to in the offseason where it was kind of tiered. There was incentives. It was, you know, based on how much he was going to pitch. They knew there was something a little off about that arm because, hey, he hadn't undergone Tommy John <laughs> yeah. surgery yet, and you knew that's uh, coming up at some point. I also have to note, very importantly, about um, 15 minutes before the show, I text, uh, or sent Noah Slack over here, and I said, I got a dollar on Doug saying something about Gonsolin and Nine Lives. So ah. nailed it. I know, I know Doug McCain. The great Catsby. Look, hey, <laughs> I actually hate myself, and I'm not afraid to admit this, Just but I, you guys there. know I said that it felt like at some point this season we would see Tony Gonsolin and Dr. Neil Elitrach in a tweet. This, I this hate is that. A thing. I, I felt like I manifested this. But look, I mean, when you watch these guys on a daily basis, you don't go from pretty solid to bad overnight. It yeah. usually is because of something physical. And that's why I wasn't too hard on Tony Gonsolin. That's why I yeah. felt like, look, this was more something physical than this guy. I mean, not sequencing pitches correctly or anything like that. Look, the reality is his money pitch is one that takes its toll on your arm. So, yeah, he's going to be fine. I think, too, like clarity-wise, Clint, I mean, the fact that this is occurring now and you're not kicking the can down the road and saying, oh, we're going to do treatment and PRP and this and that, I think it puts him in a good spot to say, okay, let's further evaluate some of these guys. Ryan Pepio has looked good. Gavin Stone had his best appearance of the year. Even Michael Grove, we don't talk about that often, out of the bullpen as in a piggyback as situation, an, yeah, he could option. be an option as There's well. So I think just giving us some clarity as to how this rotation and this bullpen picture is going to shake out for the postseason, I think it helps them from that standpoint. But yeah, it's just it's something that... It just feels like, can this guy go wire to wire and finish the season no, at full strength? No, yeah. I don't know if we're ever going to see it. I don't know if we're going to see that. Like, looking at this uh, with the Michelada half full, it doesn't really affect the season because we all kind of saw the writing on the wall. Like, this guy is not going to be a postseason rotation starter. Bobby Miller essentially leapfrogged him in uh, in the rotation, you know, the top four of the rotation there. So barring injury, of course, so knock on uh, desk there. So it doesn't affect the season too much. It does suck, but again, at least it's happening now, you know, um, and it's not like... Uh, the Shohei situation where that's getting the cans getting put, pushed, uh, kicked down the road or whatever, yeah. which I guess we haven't even talked about the Shohei injury, but I'm, uh, I think you yeah, did a dug did. out about yeah. that. So watch that on, uh, on the, uh, the YouTube subscribe while you're there. Dodgers nation TV, Cody, what are the people, the fine people saying in the audience and let me know where I'm looking. A lot of people, <laughs> you're still looking at <laughs> oh, <hi. laughs> a lot hi, of people are talking about how they should have traded, uh, Gonson while his values too, uh, still high. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are saying, you know, hoping that um, Gonsolin gets healthy and everything. And then um, I think I saw a question about who kind of replaces uh, or gets his spot in the rotation. I guess you guys kind of semi answer that too as well. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely going to be postseason-wise. And we've already talked a lot about the postseason rotation of late, but that's that's Bobby Miller. 
And in the immediate, you're probably going to see Ryan Pepio, who I read something. I, I forgot who I don't know who to attribute it to. I forgot who said it, uh, but I think he's back in Arizona right now. Like they're working on either some sort of pitch or whatever it is, because he's still getting used to that. The, the you know, his his off speed, his secondary stuff right now. But, you know, that is, that's all we got to say about it. More reactions, more news will be dropping from the team. Dave Roberts, uh, you know, he, he's doing his uh, daily meeting with the, the media you now it should be pretty much wrapped up now so we'll find out more but in the interim let's move on let's talk about more things that have happened already with this team had a decent road trip you took four of six uh, on on the six game roadie mookie returns to boston this is three up three down now by the way guys so three of the up one of them mookie takes boston becomes the new nl mvp front runner and that's just by the odds not just by our hearts and and what dave roberts wants but mookie is he's on a, he's on a different planet right now man mookie's unreal he's continuing his success and he's continuing to make his case for the national league mvp to me he's the best player in the sport right now because shohei otani's not on the mound and i think mookie bets is a guy that's deserving of that award. And I think that the more success he puts together and you got this big series with Atlanta Braves, if he continues to hit anywhere near this for the next two, three weeks, I think he's going to lock down that award. I mean, you look at his production at the plate, he's been absolutely absurd. He had 16 hits in 26 at-bats last week. He had four doubles. He had that big home run against the Red Sox over the monster, over the green monster. Let me hear your Boston accent. Uh, you want to go pocket wicked cow over the monster? <laughs> pocket cow, ah, Mookie. Be, you can't do over it. The monster. It, over the monster. <laughs> if, the over gotta, the monster. You got to have Nomad. Like Nomad is the perfect Nomad. Boston kind of guy. You know. I like that. He's wicked. He hit the ball wicked fast. Nomad. Boston. Nomad's better. But yeah, I mean, really bad accent. Was, oh, that, a, was, was that a try? I wasn't trying to. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I mean, over Cody, the last week, I mean, look at this, slashing 615, 655, 885, nine runs scored, seven RBI in those six games. He had two three-hit games, finished the series against the Red Sox with that monster game. I mean, this guy's an monster. absolute... I mean, the five-hit game against the Guardians. He has 11 multi-hit yeah, games. Yeah, going off. Last said, 14. He had, I mean, he what had more seven hits in 24-hour span there in Cleveland. He ran through Cleveland. He ran through Boston. He also he said he's getting way. swole, too. He got swole he's in the offseason. telling Kirsten he's getting swole, and, and it's showing. You know, he's not wearing down. He's now up to hitting 315 on the season. 315. Arguably... I don't know if it's better than his MVP season in 2018. He doesn't want to say that, but you look at the numbers, it's kind of better than his 2018 season. I think he's absolutely he trending that month. way. And I think, too, when you look at the home run ball, the way it's valued, and you look at his versatility, what he was able to do for this team, especially when you consider their offensive lulls, really, he's picking up every single time. They had an issue. You go to Mookie Betts. And also, just in August, a 260 weight runs created plus. So he's 160% better than league average. Eight bombs, hitting 464. And I think there's no question he's the best player in the National League. I think he's already passed Ronald Acuna Jr. Said it two months ago. Braves fans, they were after me. Blah, blah, blah. Stolen bases. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. Talking about running. Now it is like the freeze in Atlanta, right? And Acuna Jr. was the random fan. Mookie is freeze. Pass him up. He's got that pole position <laughs> for the MVP award. And tweet. he was absolutely made the favorite by Caesars Palace. At minus 135, he is <laughs> the favorite officially. And Mookie said, Clint, it'd be cool to win. To it'd me. be super cool. <laughs> it, I'd be lying if me. I said... 
it wouldn't be cool, but the number one thing is winning the, the World, World Series, Series, winning the division, and playing well. But you gotta I love Marcus Lynn Betts. He stays saying the right things every time. Also, shout out at, at Noah Cameras. He said it's the most valuable player, not the most valuable stolen baser. Is that what you said? <laughs> something, something about there. So follow at Noah Cameras. You can't get him to five followers. You can't steal first base, right? You cannot, you cannot steal first steal. base. And Mookie, Ronald Acuna is having a phenomenal year for sure. But, you know, the numbers have tapered as where Mookie picked the best time to have a great series. All eyes were on Mookie back in Boston, and he showed out. He showed up. He showed out. He did everything right in Boston, and he put himself right there at the top of that MVP vote, not only, you know, in Vegas, but more importantly in the eyes of the, the voters because they're stupid and yeah. they look at yeah, things that's like that's what I'm worried oh, about. Mookie played real good in Boston. MVP. Yeah. And no. he's got a month. He's got and, a month to keep it going. But I think you bring up a good point. As far as it is a campaign, it is a true race. And when you have these races, it's those moments, it's those narratives. And I think having a big series the way he did in Boston, the big ovation, getting a little bit emotional. There's pretty much the glass you ever see his eyes in a moment like that. The fact that you have that, you have the Jeff Passes of the world tweeting out information. Those things matter. And also, too, I want to point out. I love what Mookie's saying, as you mentioned, as you pointed out, that, yeah, he's always saying the right things, right? Winning the World Series, winning the division. But, no, winning the MVP matters. Becoming the first guy since Frank Robinson to that win. That does mean something. Absolutely. The MVP in both the leagues, the obvious one. Also, just the 19th player in history to win multi-MVPs would be the 15th MVP in Dodgers franchise history. I think it'd be massive. And like I said, the reality is if you look at Ronald Acuna Jr., and Mookie Betts, and you don't read their names, you just read their statistics, Mookie Betts has had a better season. I mean, Mookie Betta. Mookie Betta, exactly. A 7.3 F4 to Ronald Acuna's 6.2. Way runs created plus. Mookie's at 173. Acuna Jr.'s at 162. He is slipping. Mookie is just better. It's like, forgot about Dre. Eminem had the best verse, right? Forever, Eminem had the best verse. His verse has been better this year. He's got that main character in energy. That's why he has 35 Dongzell Washingtons on the year, and I think that he is going to cement this MVP award. I think it's a statement against the Braves. He's going to show the world that Marcus Limvets is the best player in the National League. And importantly, Braves coming to town this weekend. This is where an MVP can be won or lost. Because hey, let's, not, let's not forget... Freddie Freeman and Mark Olson in the or Matt Olson? I don't know. Mark Ol I keep following my boys at at uh, MLB on facts and they always put yeah. Mark Olson. So I'm just gonna call him Mark Olson. Love those guys. It's all uh it's all lies. But uh hey, hit that uh hit that thumbs up button because we know four hundred thumbs up, four hundred likes on this video. Doug's gonna do a shoey because he's a sick monster. Four hundred I will do a shoey. But also because Mookie Betts deserves to be the MVP. Cody, what you got for me? We have a super chat. Oh! Oh, oh, it's not on here. I think Gary might have uh, might have cut that because uh, we had. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to you, Pitbull. <laughs> Wait, that's oh. who gave us the super chat? It was Pitbull? Yes, sir. All right. We have Seth Gerbel. What up, Seth Gerbel? He's always Gerbel. rocking with us. It, it went somewhere. Seth Gerbel uh, <laughs> says for four ninety nine, Mookie for MVP, and Padres are officially dead. <laughs> not a bad week. Hey, can we talk about the Padres for a second? All right. I'm always on top yeah. of the Padres. Oh, yeah. uh, Before I, the season, I definitely picked the Padres because uh, that's yeah, what you definitely. were supposed to do. And also, I'm a monster, and I'm like, I, I don't, I don't like to be hurt. You know, I'm not going to say it's the Dodgers, and I'm going to get it let down. I'm going to go with the Padres. It was the popular pick, but my God, are they falling apart? 
Like, like Bob Melvin is just like, dude, uh, there's no point in even looking at the standings anymore. Uh, you got Manny Machado beating the shit out of a damn, uh, you know, cooler box or, or a cooler uh, bubble gum or whatever in the dugout. It's all bad there, man. And, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to see, but also. Uh-huh. Exactly right. That's the reaction. I think uh-huh. even this Padres uh-huh. team, they're learning the hard way how difficult it is to have sustainable winning. And you cannot go out there and buy a World Series team. You can buy the big names and the big brands, but it's on the margins. It's the depth that wins, especially in the regular season. That's why the Dodgers win. That's why they have the formula and the code to win the regular season, because you have that 25th, 26th man. You have the Peraltas and Haywards and guys towards the bottom of that lineup contributing as as well as being able to scout guys, develop guys. I mean, look, finding a Brian Brazier and guys like that during the season, that's what you don't see in San Diego. Yeah, you can open up that checkbook and sign guys guess what dodgers can do that every time they have all the money all the resources right but i mean championship seasons are not one in november and december they're one in the middle of the season with the moves you make a hundred percent exactly a thousand million percent and you look at take that to the petco and everything they had like i said in the last show enjoy that nlds win because that is all you have because petco has already been turned to a spirit halloween superstore and we're in what (laughs) not even in september yet i mean they're gonna go down as one of the most disappointing teams in the regular season ever and guess what the dodgers went down last year as one of the most disappointing teams in the postseason ever that's just the facts with that so look i mean it's tough i mean it rides with that lakers team with nash and dwight howard and this and that the Sports Illustrated cover, you thought they were going to win, but you just never know. And yeah, the Clippers, I mean, they're like, like I said, they're the Murphy's Law of Major League Baseball. What can go wrong will go wrong. This feels very Clipper-ish for me, the kind of what they're going through this season. And just kind of goes to show, like I said, we are very, very spoiled. I don't know about you guys. Everyone always said, oh, the the regular season, it means nothing. You can win all the regular season, and the October choke job is, is going to be coming. Guess what? I loved driving here today and thinking about my Dodgers winning yesterday. That stuff gives me warm and fuzzy feelings every time. I love winning whenever it is, and I think just having a good, solid season and giving yourself a chance at the crapshoot that is the postseason is what you want to do every year. And, yeah, I'm very concerned kind of on a deeper level I think this is bad for baseball, Clint, because I think smaller market teams out That's there, fair. they're going to be very reluctant to spend because now they see this is the cautionary tale. The Padres, the little engine that could small market Padres yeah. went out there and spent big bucks and they're not going to crack the postseason. Yeah, but the, the problem with that wasn't what they spent. This wasn't going to be all, you know, this is just us riffing right now, but it wasn't that they, that, uh, you know, about where they spent the money or, or them spending too much money or whatever. It's just how they're allocating their resources around the organization. And, you know, in reality, uh, I I know something about the Padres, and, and, and we've seen what the Padres have done over the last now, like, really since A.J. Preller got in the mix. Uh, the things he does do not work. You can't just get a bunch of things, uh, you know, names, and go all in for one season and expect it to work. It didn't then. It's not now. Um, the 21 team was was not the 21. The the 22 team was a little bit better because it did have a little more heart, and then yep. they tried to supplement that uh, or or make it better instead of supplementing it really, and it just it didn't work out. But uh, you know, I guess that's what's in. That's Damn. what's in. There you go. That 
is what is in. And I think you bring up a good point, too. Baseball gods, they don't like ugly. That Clayton Kershaw is still real. That'd be the that first curse. thing I would do curse after the season I was the Padres. I would identify whose idea that was and fire them on the spot. Then I would Yeet. try to give the entire team ringworm and hopefully get whatever tattoos on. I mean, they got to do something down in San Diego. Because, because they're not devout uh, believers in Christianity. Christianity yeah. Not do, yeah, exactly. I mean, they got, baseball gods don't like ugly. They did not like that move right there. So Also, random fact about the Boston series that I learned was apparently Dave Roberts stole a base one time. One time. Ooh. Back before you were born. <laughs> Back before I was born. Uh, he stole a base. It was a big base. He liked big base, and he could not lie. Everybody was aware. Did, did you were you watching that game? The uh, Dave Roberts uh, Doug, stolen base. Game? Are you actually questioning really? the king of well, LA? Listen, hey, listen I don't know. We, man. Remember when we, <laughs> he was just going around, you know, patrolling uh, Santa big, Monica? I, I was a bigger loser then. Then I would just straight up <laughs> never leave the crib ever, 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 ever. At DMAC right? underscore but, LA. I mean, I remember uh, Clint. <laughs> Great comment, by the way. I got to throw this in here. Uh, Nando390 says Machado still went one for four against the cooler. <laughs> uh, that was so good. Five. Yeah, I mean, the melt, it's, it feels, I mean, what is the date separation between this meltdown and last year? It feels like it's pretty close, but yeah, I mean, what can't go wrong will go wrong. But yeah, that stolen base, it's one of the great moments. I mean, game four of the 2004 <laughs> ALCS. Uh, all right, all right. Yeah, Apparently, yeah, yeah. Dave Roberts stole a base one time. Uh, one of the greatest time. comebacks in MLB and history. First season to come back. Mario Rivera was on the mound. We'll yeah. see you tomorrow night. I think that was that one. No, that was uh, that was uh, that was a different one. That was hey, uh, do you think, the Rangers. You think Dave could still steal a base? Absolutely not. Shout right. out to Dave Roberts. Funny question. Yeah, during uh, just uh, so we don't have all inside <laughs> jokes on this show, Clint. We were at really? Dodgers fan face. Really? I was trying to butter Some up. Things can be fan face. Is there a guide for that? <laughs> I was trying to butter up Dave Roberts. And I said, "Hey, Dave, with the new bases, you have one of the most iconic." Th- I told him he had the most important stolen base you guys in baseball history. Do you think he could steal a base now? And he looks at us and he's like, "Absolutely not," which we embellished significantly wow, and. All right, guys, Wait. thanks for... Dave thanks Roberts for... stole the All right, let's move on. <laughs> this was his fault. This is going to be so much we need to cut from this whole thing. But Mookie Good, I wouldn't say Freddie better, but Freddie, Fab Five Freddie passes Sean Green on the... Is it the franchise or just the L.A. record right now? Anyways, my dude hit 50 stolen... Or 50 stolen bases. Sorry, that's not Acuna. He hit 50 doubles. He got his 50th double off the monster there in uh, Baston. And uh, pass Sean Green on uh, for you know he had forty nine. I don't know if I. It would help if I remembered if this is the all time franchise record. So but yeah. there's a lot of doubles, and he's got a month to go, and he's honestly in the midst of an all time great season. He is, and yeah, he just has one more guy in front of him, a guy named Johnny Frederick from back in nineteen twenty nine. He had fifty two doubles. There. I was, was there. there, yeah. So a couple more to catch him Loser. and pass him. Yeah. And you're talking about a guy who last year had fifty doubles. He was outstanding. That was in 129 games, 588 plate appearances. I feel like I'm reading off a Noah Cameras tweet here. And <laughs> 50, that's this year, 50 doubles in 129 game. games, 588 player plate appearances. Last year, he had 47 in 159 games, 708 plate appearances. So he has steamrolled past last year's pace. He is going to be the first guy to hit 60 doubles since 1936. And he's someone that, yeah, he doesn't take a backseat to anyone. His approach at the plate, using all fields, never deviating from his routine never deviating from his mechanics and approach and he's someone that is such a pure hitter and it's a joy to watch i want to get your take though on tony gwynn and do you hear dave roberts said that tony he's the modern day tony gwynn i understand 
the idea of I, that's that's a miss from Dave for me. Just because that's Tony F and Gwyn, man. Like Freddie doesn't have batting title. Tony Gwynn had uh, eight, which is pretty damn good, actually. Hall of Fame type numbers. Uh, just differences in strikeouts and all of that. Freddie, very good. The modern, uh, where I will agree, I understand what he's trying to say, but like, it's it's a, it's it's tough to hear, and I think you know it, it adds unnecessary scru- potential for unnecessary scrutiny just because like, oh, this is leave the Padres alone or whatever it is. But um, I'm rambling here. I understand it. Yeah, modern day for what you can get in this game, different pitchers, different style, different, just overall different game of baseball being played. Sure, modern day. But not Tony Gwynn for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, was, I had the same reaction you had. I mean, I think he's the one guy who you see, and he's you know, in basketball. I say a guy's a bucket. Tony Gwynn was a hit. I mean, he was a guy you go up there. It's a yeah. base knock. He played twenty years. He struck the out hands, three dude. times hands on that, in dude. a game once. I mean, it's insane. I mean, he had four four plus hits in a game forty five times and thirty four games in his career with two plus strikeouts. I mean, his bat to ball was. You can't even compare to anyone today. I mean, yeah. he was so special. If you didn't have the strike, he was going to hit 400 in the mid-90s. So That's I didn't love that one. I also think, too, from a double standpoint, Freddie can say, hey, from a double standpoint, I'm someone that kind of brings that to the table as well. So, yeah, I think as far as hitters go, I think Arise is more Tony Gwynn than really Freddie Freeman is, right? I think if you had to make that like direct right comparison. Now, he, had I mean, a, he had a phenomenal start to the season, but my dude's down to – 351. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, com- yeah, I agree with you. I mean, yeah. you just had to talk about modern day hitters. I mean, the most doubles that that Tony Gwynn had in a season was 49 back in 97. He had 41 in 93. If you look at, at Freddie Freeman, he's someone you look at has hit more 38 home runs in a season once. Sorry, go Tony. Glove. <laughs> go glove. Go glove. I mean, the most home runs that Tony Gwynn hit in a season was 17. Tony Gwynn could also. He could go like over a thousand and still hit over three hundred. I, I mean, he has some ridiculous, mind blowing stats. So very different players, but look, this sentiment also, I understand. Dudes weren't throwing ninety eight like everybody wasn't throwing ninety eight back in ninety seven. I'm just throwing that out there a little bit. I'm Tony. Gwen. Can you do a Tony? Tony Gwen. I love Tony Gwen's voice. Let's just, all right, okay, let's okay, let's okay, getting all right. off the rails now. <laughs> where this is not, we're not workshopping our characters here. I can't see myself. <laughs> Yeah, something happened. We gotta, Gary. We need to fix the TV. We can't see ourselves. I gotta look. I gotta look at the monitor behind Cody to kind of see what's going on. Final thing. Final up. Gotta get a little love to our friend Max Muncy. Uh, he's on a little bit of a tear. He had a really good roadie. Two ninety six. Had had uh, five extra base hits. Nine hundred OPS. Yeah, you still want to see maybe a little bit better defense out of out of the guy, but is serviceable. Uh, but he's looking is looking a little more locked in at the plate. Uh, what, what's your take on uh, where Mr. Maxwell is at right now? My my Max Muncy take is I couldn't be happier for the guy. I mean, both you and I we talked about him multiple times this offseason. We said that he was both we both said he was gonna have a bounce back year, and the number that we really landed on was thirty plus home runs. So I think yeah. it's important to mention that he has checked that box off. He's reached that benchmark, and this is someone who since the A's gave up on him and he put on that Dodgers uniform, he was playing the Mexican leagues, he bounced around, he didn't know if he was going to have a career. They turned him into an all-star and he's been the most prolific home run hitter. I mean, every single season, save for last year where he was injured, he was coming back from the UCL, and then in 2020 when he had a shortened season where he still was on pace at over 30 home runs, he's given you 30 bombs per year. I mean, 2018-35, 2019-35, 2021-36. This year, 
he hit 30, and he still has plenty of baseball left to play. So I think the main reason why I kind of want to touch on this as well is you can't focus too much on the batting average. I think defense, that's a conversation that I think is the fair point. To me, that's worth discussing because his defense has graded out very poorly, but you can't say, oh, he's a 200 hitter and he's bad. No, this is someone who does a lot that goes beyond just walks. And this is someone who you're talking about above average hitter, a 115 OPS plus, and also to among third baseman this year, he's tied for first in home runs. He's second in walks. He's fifth in RBI. His walk percentage is in the 97th percentile. If you look at his hard hit rate, he barrels the ball up 16.5% of the time. That's in the 96th percentile. His average exit velocity, 91.2 miles per hour. His hard hit rate, 47.6%. That's in the 79th and 82 percentile. So when you look at his batted ball stats, they're all above average. And this is also someone that's had a lot of success in the postseason. So, yeah, guess what? The Max Muncy bounce back season is here. It's done. He had a bounce back year. I was, I was literally just about to say the good thing about Max and where he's at. And if he can stay on this trajectory... He's a guy you want in that lineup in the postseason because he's done it, been there, done that. Every time he didn't, 21, he was hurt. That was a bad postseason. Dodgers, Dodgers not better that postseason. You got a Max so, Muncy impression. <laughs> I saw oh, so great, great, uh, great comment from Maddie Man 5 Dodge, and I lost it. Oh, he says, if you can do Mike Tyson, you can do Tony Gwynn. So there's your impression. I'm a box, I'm a fighter. Mike Tyson, I'm the best box, I'm a fighter. My defense Didn't you break your back? I broke my back. Spinal. Spinal. All right. Let's, All right, let's get really it. We're going to knock out the Padres in the uh, division. Smash that right. thumbs down button. Don't, please don't. <laughs> don't, please don't. don't do that. Noah Thindergaard wants to eat his children. <laughs> He's a fight of the boxer. No. Oh, no. But yeah, Max is having a great uh. year, obviously. It's nice to see him. Have and I think you bring up the best point. He's dangerous. He's a dangerous hitter, especially in the postseason when it matters most. We're talking about a guy... A game-winning hit, a walk-off a game through that 2018 World Series, seven hours and 20 minutes. So you're a sick f man. I was telling you, you're a, you're a sick monster, Doug McCain. <laughs> do we uh, do we want to take uh, that our, our second break, or should we get straight into the down right now? What do you want to do? Let's go into that down. Oh, let's, I'm talking uh, to my producer here. Let's go to let's go to Mr. Noah. Oh, hey, it was needed Noah or something, whatever we're calling it. Thanks, Clint. The Dodgers are finally back home after a long and rainy six-game road trip on the East Coast. They're welcoming the Arizona Diamondbacks into town, where right-handed pitcher Bobby Miller is taking the mound for the Dodgers against the ace of the Arizona Diamondbacks, Zach Gallen. Now, here are just a few of the many ways that you can make money betting on your favorite Dodgers. The Dodgers are minus 146 on the money line, meaning a $146 bet would win $100 if the Dodgers won. However, on the minus one and a half run line, the Dodgers are plus 146 meaning a $100 bet would win $146 for a net total of $246 if the Dodgers win by at least two runs. Now, you could also make money betting on specific players, and there is no one hotter in the MLB right now than new NL MVP favorite Mookie Betts. Now, you can bet on Mookie Betts to get at least two hits, something he's done in six of his last seven games, and those odds are plus 230, meaning a $100 bet would win $230 for a net total of $330 if Betts gets at least two hits tonight. Now, you can also bet Mookie Betts to hit a home run, and one more home run for him would set a new career high at 36, and those odds are plus 340, meaning a 
$100 bet would win $340 for a net total of $440 if Mookie bets homers on Monday night. Now, these are just a few of the ways that you can make money watching your favorite Dodgers. And this is just a little sneak peek of a brand new betting show here on the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel that we like to call Get in the Noah. So make sure to tune in every Friday for a brand new betting show talking about the day-to-day stuff, the weekly series, the player prop bets, and the long-term bets, including the NL pennant race, the World Series race, and of course, the MVP and other award races. Back to you, Clint. So that was Noah Cameras. I don't know where I'm looking at Noah Cameras. Um, what are we calling it again? Need to Noah? Need, need to know what is it? Get in the Noah. Sorry, we couldn't hear it. We'll fix that for uh, for the next one of these. But uh, yeah, keep an eye out for more from Mr. Noah Cameras as uh, as we get closer to the postseason and especially into September. Good stuff out of uh, the man of many tweets. So down, let's get through down quick. This is already a long show as we do. We love talking. Apparently, we love doing impressions, but we got to talk about. Julio Urias, after you promised me, Doug McCain, that he was all the way back. I think you did. I don't know. I didn't listen to the show. (laughs) He said he was all the way back. He had a stinker in Boston. It's kind of a question mark. It sort of seems asterisky because of that kind of fake ballpark. Yeah, I mean, he was pretty much cruising until the wheels kind of fell off towards the end, right? I mean, it wasn't terrible, I think. A lot of people, when they saw that last inning and you give the home run to Duvall, you say, okay, it looks like an ugly outing. I mean, six runs and six innings of work. You look at that home away split, a 7.07 ERA away, a 2.23 ERA at home, and you say, okay, this confirms that. But I think with Lou Urias, it wasn't like a light-on, light-off situation. It's kind of dimming him, right? We're kind of turning that dimmer light on. We're not completely all the way on, but I still think if you look at his pitch mix in that game, he was commanding four pitches. You saw that slurve had more vertical break to it it was a little bit of a different shape than we've seen throughout this season I think the fastball command definitely was better and also just want to point out too Fenway Park isn't real okay you look at that home run there and yes it wasn't a good sequence there's no doubt about that but still that is a home run in two places Boston and Houston you got the Crawford boxes and you got the monster in Fenway yeah, Park so we're talking about a ballpark that was built in the late 1700s like come on man they they didn't even have meat back then like yeah exactly you know, these are these are grown big buff boys yeah no for sure that could just flick a little you know, a little flick of the wrist and that's a homer so the main thing i didn't like my one concern of it is something dave roberts kind of talked about it's like he uh, julio still shows like i don't know i'm not going to call it an immaturity but he will check out when something doesn't go his way and that is a problem when we're looking at like i know you want him you have him as your your number one starter in the postseason, or did I get it wrong? You're you're going Kershaw. I, got, I yeah, said yeah. Julio just for the sake of the argument. Um, I don't want my number one starter in the postseason. I don't want my opening day starter being that guy that like, oh, I, you know, I gave up a homer. I'm not going to care about this next batter. Lock it the f back in right away. You know, like these games uh, mean something, <laughs> and they're going to mean a lot more in about a month. Yeah, no, I think that's a fair point. I think he's someone that definitely wears his heart on his sleeve. He shows that frustration. You see the way he followed up that home run. He walks story. He just lost command of that fastball. And usually the frustration leads to poor mechanics. And that's what leads to walks with Hulu Urias. So I definitely think that's something he needs to clean up. There's no doubt about that. But I think my big takeaway is it's not like he was getting rocked the entire game. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he gave the home run to Verdugo. That was a slurve that he just left out over the plate. That's going to happen occasionally. And Doogie was playing on a heightened level at that point. Like, yeah, he's Doogie trying, was feeling it. Yeah, for he's sure. trying to show these guys, you messed up. Like, no, nah, 
guys Mookie Betts. We did not mess up. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a really a, good that's point. That's a direct quote from Andrew Friedman, by the way. It's not. Yeah, but. exactly. If you could, <laughs> hey, Verdugo, why don't you play me? Look, Verdugo, actually, to his credit, he has been an above-average bat. He, of course, yeah. Dodgers won that way. We know that. his problem. He's just not. Yeah, Mookie he's Betts. not Mookie Betts. He's not a future Hall of Famer. So, but he's look, aware. It's no fault of his own, but I think the Justin Turner, the fastball, inner half, I don't like the sequencing there. I don't like that call right there. He missed his spot, but still, I mean, we know Justin Turner. We've seen him long enough to know that's his nitro zone. You know that he's going to swing at that pitch. You're going to see that majestic JT swinging. He gave those home runs, but when I always say, people always say the pitcher's best friend is a double play. I always say is missing bats, and in those situations, when you got runners on the corners like he had, right, and you want to get out of that inning unscathed, well, hey, you got to do it through contact, right? You got to put the yeah. ball in play a little bit. You got to get a lazy fly ball. You got to get a ground ball out. The ball's going to be in play, and the more times that happens, it's not rocket science. It's not brain science, right? Not it's rocket not rocket surgery. surgery Thank right? you. There you go. Thing. So, <laughs> so, look, the reality Synergy. is you put the ball in play, the more times that happens, bad things can occur. So in that situation, I think you need to lock down a little bit. I think, too, you're seeing the fatigue. He's still trying to get to that yeah. optimal stamina level. I do think the pitch clock still bothers him to an extent. But look, extent, before that, yeah. in three starts, a 144 ERA, multiple starts where he went seven innings, I still think he's trending <coughs> in the right direction. It's just kind of that old adage. Just look, Dave Roberts is damned if he goes out there and takes the ball from a starting pitcher, and then it's vice versa, yeah. right? I mean, he was yeah. cruising. He was under 70 pitches at the time. But let's also forget, I mean, you're kind of paying the narrative with Verdugo, right, and wanting to prove himself. How about that desperate Boston Red Sox team that is trying not to get Swept. They're trying to make yeah. the postseason, and Julio's out there trying to compete. So I'm not overly concerned. I still think that things are trending in the right direction. I still have him as my game two starter, and the reason for that is, and the reason why I want to catch the Braves is, I want to see Julio Urias pitch at home, and then you go game yeah, two and it. game six in a seven-game series. He's someone that in the friendly confines of Dodger Stadium, keeping the ball in the yard is paramount. And you go to on the road to a, a and good thing. Yeah. I don't want to see Boston in the playoffs most likely. Hey, hey, like I always say, if you want the dub, you got to mitigate the slug. Exactly. You, know? like exactly. you can't you can't give up the slug. Get the t-shirts printed. And uh, you know, Julio has been known to give up some bomb skis. He's been a little bit better since coming. They got Cody on that one. Uh, he's been a little bit better at keeping the ball in the yard. And yeah, that's just that's not a that's. That's Discovery Zone, if you kids remember what that was back in, back when we were children. Hey, that was a DZ. member berry. That was a member berry. Let's go. Let's yeah. go. That's what I'm talking about right there. That's Synergy, boys. <laughs> uh, Cody, what are the people saying about Julio? And I'm sure some folks have uh, thoughts on Noah's debut of uh, of In the Noah. <laughs> Riv says Julio has been inconsistent. Be <laughs> One start, he has 10Ks, and the next he gives up three to five runs. Mike Sadana is in agreement with uh, Doug, says Julio will be, uh, will be fine. I'm playoffs. I don't know what that means exactly. He's the playoffs, I guess. Um, some people are talking about uh, Verdugo. Uh, Boomer Assassin said Julio needs a Tony Robbins life coach crash course <laughs> translated to Espanol. <laughs> Uh, uh, that's pretty funny. I like that one. <laughs> um, I you know what? I'm going to make that the horny shot <laughs> Hey, what you know about remembering in the moment that we need a hot, hot shot? So thank you. That was Mike Saldana. Mike Saldana. Uh, oh, no, that was Boomer Assassin. I like Mike Shout Saldana, you, too, Boomer and Assassin. I like Boomer Assassin. Always bringing the, the laughs in the chat. Guys, drink responsibly. Drink Hornitos. O uh, is dead, says Julio is a mess. Mike Sodano also said two emotional equals Julio. And then Showtime fan said Scott Boris. Julio Reyes is super agent. He will demand more money after this season. 
Yeah, well, the money thing, you know, we're going to have a lot, a lot of offseason to talk about oh, Julio because yeah. he's, he's a Boris guy. He's not going to sign before, you know, December. It's you, still very much up in the air. I mean, maybe. Yeah. Um, you got, yeah, I seen fingers. You have something exciting? We have a super chat. I burped for that. I apologize. Michael Carrillo, $2, said, These lefties in Penn are bad. We'll lose us the World Series. That's why I think you're going to see them go against the grain. They're not going to just play lefty-lefty match, but I think you could see yeah. Bruce Dar in some situations. Guys that have solid reverse splits, I think they're going to really just go with the best arms. And you talk about some of these young guys that are looking good, and I think they're going to do some things that are unfamiliar to what we've seen in the past. I think you're going to see some surprises with the way they deploy peace in the bullpen. Because like you said, I mean, look, Caleb Ferguson in the Guardian series, you can't have him going out there and sneaking the joint up, right? You yeah. can't have Alex Vestia when he's off and his command is off. And he's missing his spots because those the thing with their lefties right now is when they're bad, they're really bad. So the variance is so significant between their good and bad. So I think that's where the issue's in. You throw that in the postseason, a home run here, a home run there, then cost you not only a game, but an entire series. So yeah, I definitely think that is a glaring weakness. And there weren't too many options out there on the open market. I Justin Brewer was looking good for the first couple weeks of the season. Gonzalez, there was some talk that maybe he has a resurgent year. But as far as pure stuff goes, I still think Caleb Ferguson, when he's right, the way he can challenge hitters with that fastball in the zone sometimes though arm side command i mean when his command is off it's just so poor and then mm -hmm. vesia has that late life on it but still he's someone that could be a bit of a mess the trust uh, can be a big time bit of a mess yeah he's just not coming near like, that trust tree as as the <laughs> trust tree bring it in. give him a ding ding um do we have a ding we don't i don't think we have a ding we got to bring a ding back that ding. works i guess the job done uh you know i i from three months ago, I definitely trust Alex a lot more. I trust Vessier in those spots a little more, a lot more. Like he feels it to me, it feels like he's more comfortable with that pitch clock, but he also, you know, he has the tenacity back. He has the attack. And when his stuff is good, he doesn't always need to hit the zone. Um, the problem is you face much better teams in the postseason. And you know, honestly, this is going to be kind of a litmus test this weekend or this coming weekend against the Braves. Like I want to see him face the Braves a, a number of times without, you know, giving away too much, but you know, they have, they still have Eddie Rosario. He's going to be a guy. I think uh, Ozzy Albies will be back. You got to see what these guys can do or what he can do against those guys, because uh, you know, you got to win in the NLCS to play in the world series. It's crazy how that works out. Ask the 2021 Dodgers. Um, I had another thing about, Oh yeah, we, we talked about, or I wanted to ask you, and there's an article about it on our website, dodgersnation.com. Go check it out uh, about hey, free agent. Uh, Amir Garrett's a free agent. He was released by our, I don't know if he's technically a recent released yet, but he's going to be a free agent. He was DFA'd by the, uh, by the Rangers. They go to the Rangers. He went yeah. somewhere. Might've been Royals. I don't know, but would you at this point in time, you have to do it real quick because you know, September's coming up. Would you consider, seeing the team take a flyer on Amir Garrett, getting him in the organization, see what he can do at triple a. Um, in a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. In a roaring stadium, 
Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Really in the next like two days. I mean, really, it's a low risk move. They want to go that route. It's a very Dodgers move for them to make just to get them in their system to, like you said, see what they have and really try to evaluate him to give them some depth. And if you can get him right, you can turn him to someone that could contribute. It doesn't have to be in the DS. It can be in the later rounds. If you look at some of his his contact numbers, I mean, they're just not really good. I mean. If you look at the exit velocities on, they're not good. But, I mean, the other Brazier, thing, though. Brazier wasn't good before he got Yeah, here. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, what you kind of want to look at with Amir Garrett is the fastball numbers, the velocity numbers. I mean, they're pretty – you know, kind of the first kind of rule of thumb is how does his pitch mix look? How does his velocity numbers – how does his spin rates look now compared to when he was good, right? Yeah. And they're really not that far off. So, mm -hmm. I mean, when that's the case – that's when you can mix with mechanics and sequencing and certain things like that. So I'm not totally against the move. Will it happen? Like you said, time is ticking, but it does feel like a very Dodger move to do. Yeah. But it's very interesting, the fact that he's been in street clothes this long. He hasn't really found a team. Maybe he's being very selective and he wants to go to a contender. Maybe he's in line because he sees what the Dodgers are able to do. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be against that. I wouldn't hate the move. I think Amir Garrett, I mean, I just loved him. And uh, the the fight, right? When he tells his coach, okay, he's, he's, he's going to go. Guardians released him. That's what it was. I probably should look up the the exact numbers, but or the exact. Uh, yeah, Guardians <laughs> have been having a quick trigger, man. I mean, right? uh, they're pulling the plug. We're in the band. Hey, off. we didn't even talk about Cindergard or Noah Cindergard. The show's already going very long. We don't need to Thursday get maybe. much get much into a uh, synagogue but that's funny but yeah i would absolutely consider i mean the 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 counting stats are decent you know you got a three three era with with Syndergaard or with Syndergaard with uh, um that guy we we're talking about amir garrett the whip definitely a problem but you know put your faith in the uh, mark Pryor and the pitching factory and it, i would i would personally like to see a three uh three lefty bullpen just in case and this is a guy who's done it at a high level for a long time hothead definitely has some baggage that comes along with him, but Amir Garrett is also a fun player to watch pitch. Uh, maybe it's too much of the same of, of like a Vesia type. I don't know, but Hey, just do what they did with Brazier. You know, throw a cutter in there, call it a day. Yeah. I mean, he's always someone that struggled with walks, right? It's always been his bugaboos. The is the walk rate being sky high, but look at I me mean, the strikeout rate when he was at its best, you're talking about being North of 30% at 25% this year. It's not too bad. I mean, the Babbitt number is pretty consistent right around league average. So, yeah, I mean, expected numbers aren't great. But like I said, I mean, I'm all about adding depth. And you've seen the reclamation projects have success. And usually it's not when they're coming off of injuries like Noah Syndergaard, who was a yeah. thud. Thor was a thud. But guys like Ryan Brazier, who are still their arms intact, it's just about tinkering with a few things. So, yeah, I would love to see a possible addition if they think it can help this team. Or they could say, okay, we have enough of these young rookies, young these young guys, these guys that are most likely to be starters for their career but we're going to use them in different situations because we know their arm talent they have plus arms and that's something that's going to play up yeah dave luna said should have picked up mir garrett like yesterday hey there's still time there's still time yeah let, let them work they're working through uh you know uh tony gonsolin's arm falling off right now so finally the last two things we're going to have it a twofer but they're kind of the same thing david peralta jason hayward bit of a funk last few weeks um did the clock strike midnight? How concerned should we be about this 
Noted Dodgers uh, expert and insider Doug McCain. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's too big of a concern. Last week, Hayward, he had 214 with a 429 OPS. If you look at Peralta, his numbers weren't great. He had 420, he hit 143. He goes two for 14. But I think the key word there is you're talking about 14 at bats, right? I mean, these guys aren't everyday players. They're not thrusted in these situations <coughs> every single day. And I still believe that, yeah, look, these are veterans. You're talking about mid to late August. I don't think this takes away from what they've done this season. I still believe when you look at a combination of what they can do on the field and in the box and you know, the intangible benefits of what they bring, look, I still think that they're going to have success. I've been saying all year, David Peralta is going to get a hit that's going to change a series. And it's going to be unexpected. And he's going to get a walk-off. I mean, they saw the Jackie Robinson day. He gets the walk-off after... Vargas got that yeah, double, boy. and then hey, uh, Altman was on base. So he got the big hit against the Arizona Diamondbacks. So he's someone that has the presence about him to say, okay, I trust him in a big spot. He's got that two-strike approach. He can get his bat on the ball. We know what Jerry Harrison Jr. likes to say, contact is king, right? He's someone you can trust in those situations, and I'm not sure they had that guy last year, right? So. Yeah. Hayward's one that I think, look, I mean, he's hitting the ball so hard still. And so it's maybe more bad luck. It's a little bad luck. And, like, if you look at his swing, too, I mean, I got to give you a lot of credit, too, because you said that Hayward was going to be a reclamation project that was going to work out. I wasn't as high on him as you were. We had people in our comments calling him haywashed, right? They were done with him. They thought it was a lot of nothing. But he ended up Let being a guy know. that's been consistent. And if you look at <laughs> highlights from yesterday versus the beginning of the year versus spring training, he has been able to keep that swing consistent. And he told us during spring training that for him is he knew that there were going to be some laws. He knew there were going to be some slumps. And the key is just kind of minimizing those slumps. So as long as he's consistent at the plate, I don't think he's going to fall out of it. I think he's going to hit a bomb in the playoffs too. I mean, I think guys like that that have been around this league for that long, you put them in the postseason, then they're just, their adrenaline level goes sky high. They all want to win not only a World Series individually, but mm -hmm. as a group. And I think yeah. those guys are kind of, when you look at the back at this team a couple years from now, maybe Hayward's back because he's already gotten paid. Peralta's, I think, someone they can get a deal with another team. But I think they realize that this group, this nucleus, they're not going to be together for much longer, and they want to really finish on a high note, and that is win the World Series. So I think they're going to come back strong. So not not overly worried. It's Put just, out a five. It's, it's, a, it's a bad week, bad yeah, couple of weeks. Bad couple so, of I weeks. mean, you're not going to stay, you know. I mean, James Outman had two terrible months and kind of came back, and now he's, he's somewhere floating in the middle. Nice uh, nice game there to end the series in uh, in Baston. So, yeah, as long um, as Hayward's swing doesn't get too long, he's going to be fine. Yeah. Because – before we saw him this year, I mean, that swing was longer than a CVS receipt. I mean, now he's shortened it. Now he's going for the contact, and I think he's in a much better place. Yeah, sometimes you just got to let Doug cook, you know? <laughs> he's got to let him cook. What do you think about that? Let him cook. <laughs> let him cook. That's yeah. crazy. Hey, thanks for joining us. Appreciate, <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you. Uh, you got anything in the comments? Exceptional. Should we move on right now? Because, again, we're I think we're already at like 50-some-odd minutes, and we have uh, we have to talk about Cody Bellinger. So should we just dive into Cody Bellinger? I'm sure there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of conversation Put about your Cody Bellinger thoughts in the comments. Uh, belly thoughts. Let's talk about uh, Cody Bellinger. So um, Bob Nightingale, friend of the show, uh, put out a column in his USA Today, as they call it, and uh, Scott Boris, super agent Satan, he had some words. He had uh, some interesting words, and uh, we'll we'll say. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to say that Bellin, Bellinger was shading the Dodgers too much, but he wasn't necessarily not shading the Dodgers. And a couple of things he said is like, "Look, I'm having fun again." Maybe that's because 
of the injury. Like, yeah, it sucks to play hurt. Um, but the quote from uh, from Boris Re uh, Bellinger, he was hurt, plain and simple. He had surgery, and the Dodgers asked him to play with a 35% strength deficiency, which is pulling crap out of your ass right yeah. there. But he didn't have the shoulder strength. And, yeah, he definitely didn't. But it wasn't like the Dodgers were like, you know, you're going to play. You know, they they – could have found their way around. Maybe it was rushed. It was absolutely rushed in 21, but then it continued on. But also we know it, it. We've seen it. Players like, you know, Adrian Gonzalez back in the day, Sean green back in the day, it takes time to come back from that shoulder surgery. So, um, we, we blowing up these, uh, these Bellinger comments and, and Boris comments a little too much, or is this really just him, uh, Scott putting in the, the early groundwork for what could be a very lucrative off season for Cody. This is why Scott Boris is the greatest agent of all time. He wastes no time. His job, his only job is to build up his client. And if I was Scott Boris, if you were Scott Boris, I'd be trying to do the same thing. I think it's funny that you mentioned that number because that's what made me laugh. We're getting 35%. It's like right. a video game He's character. Like, See, 35%. Like, 35. what are you talking about, right? <laughs> he had, I he mean, had hit th points. He had 35% yeah. health yeah. left. I mean, that didn't he make had sense. one more Hadouken left than he was. Exactly. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Finish him. Different game. They need to cross over there. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, I think, look, what I look at... We'll though, rehearse that one next time. From those comments, though, is when he says he was deprived of the expert medical treatment. That's where I push back. Because like you mentioned, guys like Adrian Gonzalez, guys like Matt Kemp, we know the general timeline when you're coming back from shoulder yeah. surgery. You have to basically give yourself a gap year, right? You have Fair. to wait a year to truly return. And that, if you have the best surgeon in the world, right? You have the best medical experts. You can't rush the body, right? This is yeah. not something where you're going to have a bionic arm or a bionic shoulder anything like that so you had to give him the time now did they rush him back i wouldn't say they did i think when he returned people forget too he basically had that hairline fracture in his leg that he suffered against the A's. so was that the dodgers fault no it wasn't no. cody bellinger well, he has been a off. little he, injury prone in his what, career like 40 50 games for that 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 leg fracture yeah um you know what what boris is talking about with uh with the the medical treatment or whatever is like yeah the lockout played a part for Cody you know definitely not being able to talk to stay aboard with the team also played a massive part probably more so played a massive part for Max Muncy not being able to talk because that lockout was real and I, I mean was there even there wasn't even a lockout for the between uh, 2010 and and uh, or 2010 2020 and and uh, 21 so I don't know what. Boris is talking about there. Yeah, I mean, you look, timeline. I don't know. We've had so many things, so many lockouts, so many pandemics, so many en world-ending things in our lifetime. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think if you look at <laughs> Cody Bellinger and the success he's had this year, yes, he's been really good. I'm calling him Revenge Bod Belly. Right? You break up and then you hit the gym and you, you know, you go on eat kale for like two years. You look really good. You're trying to make your ex jealous. Yeah, you put right? A lot of thought into this, huh? <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> so look, I mean. <laughs> The year he's having, hitting 321, 20 home runs, a 143 way runs created plus, plus defense, a plus four outs above average in center field this year, a triple, 17 steals and 20 tries. But I will say, when you look at Cody Bellinger, Scott Boris is acting like, hey, this is the thing, this is where Scott Boris is wrong, right? Is Scott Boris is acting like it was MVP Bellinger in 2019, then injury in 2020, then now he's back to being 2019 MVP. Now the numbers are good, but he is not <laughs> yeah. 2019 MVP belly when you look at the hard contact. I mean, if you look at the quality of contact, it's just nowhere even close to where it was. He's averaging 87.2 miles per hour off the bat. 
and that's four miles slower than his MVP season, 45.6% of his batted balls. They were 95-plus miles per hour in 2019. This year, he's at 30.8% in 2023. So quality of contact isn't the same as 2019. But I will say, Clint, that as far as the market that he's entering, it's a perfect situation for Cody Bellinger. Just look at what Chris Bryant got, $182 million. Brandon Nimmo, $162 million. George Springer, $150 million. Not only are there not a lot of center fielders that are available in this market there's not a lot of hitters too so he's really entering this market i think teams like the nationals teams like even the cubs you can see him back there with maybe 200 million dollars in some options so good for billy he's getting paid i'm happy for the guy to me i say it's it's uh it's cubs and it's yankees those are going to be the primary guys don't sleep on a on a sneaker a, a sneaky um uh giants that would be ugly that feels be real ugly i can see that Cody, what you got for me in the chat there, Chief? A lot of people going in on Cody for sure. Nando390 says, Cody, a crybaby like Verdugo. <laughs> uh, Ram- Raymond Ro- uh, Rosa says, Belly getting uh, better weed in Chi-Town. It's that simple. <laughs> Boomer Assassin, Belly will get hey, paid. Mexico get- weed is ass. <laughs> Shout out Bobby, Bobby, Bobby Miller. <laughs> uh, Boomer Assassin says, Belly will get paid, get injured, and then suck again. Um some people are, are talking about how there's a lot of Padres talk actually. I've seen that. Yeah, people. Uh, will, uh, Mike Salda, we'll get. I guess we'll get into that in a little bit. Mike Saldana says Cody will be great in New York. Uh, Bob D says Cody Bellinger is auditioning for the Yankees, which is ultimately where he will go. And then uh, Mike also said Mike Saldana said once again, wish Cody the best. Three years, seventy four million. And then Mike also said Cody is a little butthurt. Mike Saldana had a lot of thoughts on Cody thoughts. Bellinger. That's some Cody thoughts. <laughs> all my all of my Cody thoughts happened in 2018. So you guys go back and watch all those shows. I, uh, and subscribe to the Dodgers. <laughs> <Nation YouTube. laughs> We're giving away a Mookie Betts jersey. 70,000 subscribers. I'm guessing you guys are over here slipping because I see a super chat from my boy Seth oh. Gribble. Oh. Seth Gribble. Oh. Seth Gribble, $4.99. I didn't, I didn't want to ruin it because you guys were oh, talking about Bell. Yeah, so I was trying to. I was going to get to it. Hey, hey, uh, well, my now you're here. Yeah, I was going to get back to it. He says, PSA, Seth Gribble, $4.99. Thank you for the super chat. Seth says, the Padres suck. Also, Brandon Lau, I think it's Brandon, right? destroyed the Yankees. Did you see that? Uh, that was pretty dang good. If you didn't see it, go on the little thing called the internet machine. He destroyed him? Did he go, boom? Ooh, Doug, we need a breakdown. What's going on? What, what? I got I got one cooking for the Dave. I mean, are you lying? Dave, we're da- yeah, yeah, and I got one. He's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. I'm no, totally wait, lying. Where Dave's like, F, you know, and. Uh, whoa. Uh, and then he goes, boom. This is a, this boom. Is a family. Show. It is, it is, I'll go around to say an F. Okay. Can't go say F. Oh man. All right. Uh final bit of stuff to talk. <laughs> you you rattled you rattled Noah Cameras over here. Um Ooh. final thing to talk about. I know Doug, you wanted to talk a bit about uh listen, they're down they're down to Tony Gonsolin. You got a month of play to go. You figure you're gonna see some Pepio and your Stepio. Um <laughs> you got they got about I mean, depending on who comes back, they have like five, six, seven starting pitching op- options to get through uh, September, factoring in some, uh, what am I looking for? Fa- factoring in time off, a little bit of not not everybody over overextending into September. How do you feel the pitching plan will work in September? Or like, 
what 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 are we doing here? Like, what's what do you think is a good plan for that? And you know, yeah, I think it's Let really. I think it's going to be a conversation that we're going to continuously go back to based on the results, based on how guys like Lance Lynn and Ryan Yarbrough continue to pitch. Because Dave Roberts said, I think anything is on the table. And in years past, we didn't really have to think too much. Walker Buehler is healthy. You give the ball to Buehler. You give the ball to Kershaw. You give the ball to Urias. Right? Maybe I'll have a debate about the number four or five starter if it gets to that level. But in this case. When you got guys like Hulu Urias, who still has to win over a lot of fans, clearly we've seen that in the comments, that the trust level for him isn't as high as it's been. You look at Clayton Kershaw, who's still returning from an injury. He's still building his way back up to yeah. really being the Kershaw we saw before the injury. And then Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn is someone who we know that before his last start, he was outstanding, right? Someone that had taken the ball and gone deep into games, someone that... You look at the strikeout rate, his ability to miss bats. That, I think, plays up in the postseason. He has a 2.03 ERA with the Dodgers. Last start, the home run ball started to come back and haunt him a little bit. Yeah. Gave up those two home runs. A little sinker to story. You but know, he, he is a sinker ball pitcher, and he's kind of like a kind of more old-school, traditional sinker ball pitchers. And, you know, the old adage is don't give them rest. Dave brought that up. It's like we kind of yeah, gave him an extra really day of rest. And, and he, Dave, thought like that kind of got him out of his rhythm early in the game. But it was great to see Lynn lock back in. And that's that makes you feel good heading towards the postseason. Yeah, and I least. think, too, it's like when you compare – Bobby Miller to Lance Lynn, right? Bobby Miller is someone who you saw him when he was taken out of the game against the Guardians, right? He's pacing in the dugout. You see him, the beads of sweat, right? He got yeah. ice in his veins, and the ice starting to melt a little bit, right? Bobby Ice. Bobby Ice. Bobby ice, Water. Ice Bobby. Ding, Bobby ding, Cold ding, Water. Ding. <laughs> Bobby Cold. I like that. That, to me, we can sell him on that, right? But we need big game Bobby, right? We need someone that can go out there and compete, and I think he will, but... To compare that to Lance Lynn, you look at this offense and their ability to carry this team. If Lance Lynn goes out and gives up three or four runs, that's fine because we yeah. know that he can do that and still pitch six or seven innings. Where if there's an inning where Bobby Miller gives up a few home runs, maybe you start to see the wheels <clears> fall <throat> off, right? So I think Lance Lynn is still someone that's going to be solid. I think Bobby Miller, he's someone that does he run out of gas? I mean, we're pretty much at the big league level uncharted waters with him we need to see him continue that success but that to me is your four but i also think what dave roberts was getting into is if you look at the guys that can possibly contribute right and you look at some of these younger arms ryan pepio is someone who yeah he's unproven in the postseason but the way he's pitching i'd like to see him out there and get some innings of work if you look at emmett sheehan emmett sheehan is someone who explosive fastball that to me could be a big surprise mm -hmm. because you mentioned earlier in the show getting out teams like the Braves is very different than getting out teams like the Rockies when you are faced with a potent lineup you have to bring your best arms to the table you got to load up and I think if you're just looking at all these guys as far as who has the best most explosive stuff some of these younger guys have that so I think that there could be some piggyback options that we just don't know about mm -hmm. ones that are going to become uh, come as a surprise and I think Ryan Yarbrough is going to factor in nicely he's pitched well at 235 ERA and 15 to third innings of work and then Walker Buehler that's the ultimate <laughs> X factor the yeah. number one X factor for the Dodgers is one does Walker Buehler come back and two is it as a starter or as a reliever because if he comes out as a starter and maybe it's a piggyback that he yeah. goes out as an I opener. mean, the team is kind of Dave has has stayed uh, pretty diligent in saying he's not coming back in relief. I mean, maybe they throw him just to get him on the mound late in the season, but I don't think that he's going to pitch in relief in any situation. If he's pitching for the team this year, it's going to be as a starter, or it's going to be not as all, uh, not at all. And that's kind of the feeling I get um, from everything there. The, Dave is saying Andrew Friedman did a he did a spot with uh, 
John Heyman and Joel Sherman on uh, the show podcast last week. And, and one of the things he was mentioning, it's like, look, we're not there in so many words. They're not overly counting on Walker Bueller. If it happens, he's going to be the guy who kind of dictates that his health, the, what the training staff, medical staff says. But they are not going to push Walker Bueller next season is far more important than this season. And I would argue the Tony Gonsolin injury kind of escalated that that narrative a little bit more as well like Bueller is more important next season than this season you get Walker Bueller in your rotation as a number five guy and move Bobby Miller I mean your number four guy maybe and move Bobby Miller into some sort of piggyback role maybe that's an option but they are in a good spot uh, the team is in a very good spot it's about staying healthy and you give yourself that optionality but to me yeah the most important part uh, of September gotta stay healthy hundred percent. That's the biggest thing. And I agree with you that next year is key for Walker Bueller. And if he does get and uh, the team and the team, <laughs> the no, yeah. no, for sure. I mean, it's going to be a big year, especially with even if they get Otani, he's not going to be out there on the mountain. Right. I mean, I don't want to look that too far ahead, but you look at Bueller and what he's able to do as a pitcher, if he's healthy, if he's anywhere close to being healthy, I think it's going to be very difficult for this organization to, to tell him no. no. Yeah. I mean, he's someone that has put in the work. He already said a few weeks ago that it, the fact that we're even having this conversation means he's so far of expectations, and it's such a credit to his work ethic and a testament to just him as a pitcher knowing how to work this process. And I think any pitcher that's injured out there, follow the Walker Buehler method because he's someone that has been putting the work every single day. But, yeah, I think for him, he even said, too, a couple weeks ago that you only get so many years to do this, so many opportunities yeah. to go out there on this mound. I think Bueller's a guy who's been on teams that have been to the World Series. I think he can smell a World Series title. We know how much he loves him some Clayton Kershaw. Do you really think he wants to go out without being in the same rotation as Clayton well, Kershaw? Potentially one last time. Yeah. Like Ferris Bueller said, life moves at you fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, <laughs> you could miss it. I don't think he wants to miss this postseason right, so like, like Doug McCain says cool. things move quick in this office things move very quick in this office guys all right let's uh let's hit center cam let's see, get a couple more comments and let's get the hell out of here one thing I wanted to point out and I wrote it down to make sure I didn't forget it because somebody brought up Miguel Vargas in the comments Ooh. and I just I just got to ask you Doug you know this Thursday they're giving away Miguel Vargas combo James Outman bobblehead a dual bobblehead this could be the only Miguel Vargas major league bobblehead that has ever produced. You going? I'm not only going, even if I have to go as a fan, I'm going to hit Craigslist right after. I'm going to be waiting at the exit. Does Craigslist still exist? Does it? But I'm going to be waiting at the exit to try to buy them right. off of people and try to maybe get like 100 of them and have for my Christmas tree next year, just have them as ornaments around the entire tree, have That's them at the top man. as the angel. I mean, it's hey, a great just remember, Say what you want. Miguel Vargas has one fan. Doug is that fan. Exactly. Hey, exactly. <laughs> no, I think for... Actually, he's doing pretty good at AAA. I mean, he's doing good in AAA. I mean, they say that this year the disparity in AAA is as significant as it's ever been between the show and AAA. But, I mean... I think for Miguel Vargas, I definitely want that bobblehead. But hey, Clint, I mean, Clint, <laughs> sorry. Uh, we look at that bobblehead. When you yeah. look at that bobblehead, it's definitely, I think, one of the more accurate looking ones you've seen, right? It, lo it looks pretty solid. It, they, did, they did some good work on that one for, for absolute sure. But uh, Cody, what, you got anything else for me? Because uh, he has no more fans, it means I'm dead. <laughs> They're saying Vargas got fleeced. Um, I don't know what they're... Oh, no, he was and then dude. we have a super oh. chat. Da, 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 da. DN Hall of That's Famer, not... Diane Schroeder. Before Diane! We, uh, before we get on out of here, $5 says, Sorry I was late to the party. Hope you had a great vacation, D-Max. Smash the like button for Dodgers Nation. 
loving family vacation. Beautiful. You love to see Doug it. McCain. Should I should I tell people the news? I'm not going to tell people the news yet. You got to have to tune in this Next week and week, on Monday. Big news. Big news. But uh, guys, until then, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Please do subscribe. Uh, we did not get to shoey levels of thumbs up uh, on this edition of the live stream, but we also weren't pushing as hard as uh, somebody like, let's say, Noah Cameras might have in the past because he has no shame, and we appreciate him that uh, for that. But guys, um, thank you for the comments. Thank you so much for the super chats. They really do mean uh, uh, all the world to us. Find us on the internet at DodgersNation.com. Find us also inside the Dodgers.com. We got you covered for your Dodgers news. Like we live and breathe and cry this stuff. Quite, sometimes quite literally. This is also a podcast. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on all of your podcast platforms. If you can't catch us live, listen to us, get paid at work and uh, have us in your ear holes. Again, youtube.com slash Dodger Nation TV. Subscribe 70 K. We're giving away a Mookie Betts jersey. Doug will drive it to your house if you happen to live in his house, but his wife cannot win it, so oh, I gave away the secret. And uh, that's that's about it. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you on Thursday. Bye. In a roaring stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.